0: Kent Online News News
1: you can trust This is the
0: Kent Online Podcast Ishmael Kawaja. It's Thursday the 6th of June coming up Commemorations mark 75th anniversary of D-Day
1: All we had to do was run like hell and get up to the top of the hill Get
0: over and hide Man pays tribute to cousin who died in RAF crash on D-Day
2: Both of these young pilots needed to be remembered for what they'd done and their efforts that they contributed towards the Second World War
0: and system to help problem gamblers isn't working.
3: That's the way it is unfortunately, you know, they think of more of profit than of people's health.
0: Kent Online News. Events have been taking place in the UK and northern France to mark the 75th anniversary of D-Day. More than 22,000 British troops died in the invasion by allied forces which ultimately ended World War 2. Theresa May has paid tribute to what she called the greatest generation at a ceremony in Normandy. A cathedral service has also been held in Bayou, the first town to be liberated from the Nazis in the summer of 1944. Ninety-three-year-old Charles Bowyer was part of the top-secret operation and now lives at the Royal British Legion Industries village in Ellsford. He was one of thousands of soldiers who travelled across the English Channel and landed at Gold Beach in Normandy. He's been telling Tom what it was like.
1: The journey across. How how was that? How were you? That was not feeling? too bad. It's a bit rough, but we got some wet gear on, and uh, we th- we threw that in the river, in the sea. And all you could hear was all oh, this noise, and they were there were sending shells onto the beach. That, but all we had to do was. Run like hell and get up to the top of the hill, a small hill, and get get over and, and hide <laughs> yeah. now it's seen as such a momentous it, massive it was day. It, you, did, did you realize that at the time did you Did you know that it was going to be oh yeah, yeah, but I, th- I think we were well I suppose we, we we were very confident we, we were going yeah. out and sort the. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. No, no I guess not. No. But I was proud to be there and I was happy to change my life at that time. Mm. I guess that did change your life massively did it? Oh yes mm. I mean I was going to peace and quiet and you know not losing friends and I carried on for the next 20 years with the military police. Well, what was what was going through your mind at the time? Will I survive? Mm, of <laughs> course, yeah. Uh, how long is it going to take? Uh, but we had a conference in our unit that we were going to sort them out and we'd been calm that night and we'd be in this or something drinking but it didn't happen.
0: As part of commemorations for D-Day, 94-year-old Jock Hutton, who lives in Maidstone, performed a tandem parachute jump. He was in the 13th Lancashire Parachute Regiment in
4: 1944. I must realise that Harry and I both jumped into Normandy during the war. And so uh, this was a reincarnation of it. Quite enjoyable, too. You know, we... It's a chained world, you know, for for military and and so on. I'm surprised we got away with it in Normandy that night, because we dropped into the Pegasus Bridge area during uh, the night of 5th, 6th of June, before, six hours before the beach landings. Like everybody else, you li- live for a wee while and then suddenly you get b- battered a bit, and I did. And I had to be sent back to England. But then I came back three weeks later and joined the battalion. Perlevec. This is my third drop into Europe, thing. the 65th anniversary, which I did, out of the helicopter. And uh, the 70th, which I did, yeah, and now the 75th. I can't believe the time has gone so fast, but uh, I went to other units after you know, being, because I was an orphan, so I had no other option but to be in the army as a boy, and uh, here I am today. I've been a bit scared, but... <laughs>
0: Meantime, a man whose cousin died in an RAF crash on D Day is going to lay a wreath at the site where it happened today. Harold Root from Maidstone was killed at the age of 24 along with another man when the plane they were in went up in flames at a training school near Bristol. Simon told us more about what he and his family are doing.
2: Today, we are commemorating and remembering two RAF pilots who were killed on Tuesday, the 6th of June, 1944. Um, ...in a field about a mile away from Bristol Airport. Uh, Both of these pilots were with the RAF and stationed at RAF Lawsgate Bottom... ...which is now the site of Bristol Airport. Both of the pilots, so my first cousin was Harold Roots... uh, ...his student was Peter Cadman... ...and both of these pilots were uh, from the Kent area... ...so uh, Harold was from Maidstone and Peter was from Canterbury or what I found out from a research is uh, Peter Cadman had served with the 77 squadron uh, as a Halifax bomber pilot. Uh, he was a flight lieutenant. Uh, he'd only recently transferred from RAF Elvington to RAF Lawsgate Bottom where he was go- undergoing his um, his training to become a flying instructor himself. So my first cousin Harold was Peter's flying instructor. So we know that uh, at around about 8.30 on the 6th of June 1944, Harold and Peter uh, engaged on a routine training flight from RAF Lawsgate Bottom, uh, and they were just conducting what they called uh, routine circuits. However we know that at approximately 9:40 am on that morning a fire broke out in the port or the left hand engine of the aeroplane they were flying and uh, unfortunately the fire then spread to the port or the left hand wing and then that in itself spread to the tail of the aeroplane. Um, although both pilots tried to get the aeroplane back to RAF Lullsgate bottom sadly it crashed about a mile short of the, uh, of the airfield in in a field where tragically both of the pilots were killed i started my family research last year and harold's story um became evident quite quickly so speaking to other family members nobody remembered the story of harold and him actually being in the raf so that sort of uh, encouraged me to dig a little bit deeper into harold's story so with the assistance of the internet Um, the um, REF archives down at the REF museum at Hendon, the story began to emerge um, and it's one that was quite clearly forgotten so Harold was an only child, Peter was an only child so there was no siblings to carry on their story Um, and as was very often the case in those days these sort of things weren't passed down or they weren't discussed Um, so as a result of the the research I felt that um, I felt that both of these young pilots needed to be remembered for what they'd done and their efforts that they contributed towards the Second World War.
0: To find out what other events have been happening to mark D-Day, you can look on your local site at kentonline.co.uk.
1: Kent Online
0: reports. It's been confirmed M25 road rage killer Kenneth Noy has been released after nearly 20 years in prison. The 72-year-old was sentenced to life in 2000 for killing Stephen Cameron on a motorway slip road near Swanley four years earlier. Last year, he was moved to Stamford Hill on the Isle of Sheppey. The Ministry of Justice says he'll be on strict licence conditions. A man's been jailed for life for murdering a man whose body was found dumped in the stairwell of a block of flats in Chatham. James O'Rourke had suffered dozens of injuries at Caucus house on Shipwrights Avenue almost two years ago. 37-year-old Neil Taylor, who also lived there, will serve at least 22 years. Five people have been arrested after detectives in Kent and Essex uncovered an alleged money laundering ring worth more than £5 million. Police spent four months gathering intelligence before raiding a business in Beckenham, which is thought to have been used to produce a huge number of fake £20 notes. Two men are due at Crown Court in September. and undercover investigations revealed bookies in parts of Kent are not enforcing bans aimed at stopping problem gamblers. Our reporter Jack Dyson used the so-called Moses system to exclude himself from betting shops then went in to try and place a bet a few weeks later. I've been to all 15 betting shops that I'm self-excluded from across the district in Herne Bay, Whitstable and Canterbury. That's four in Herne Bay, four in Whitstable and the remaining seven in Canterbury. And in all of them, I was allowed to place five pounds bets for the Champions League final for the correct score between Liverpool and Spurs. It seems, at least, that the self-exclusion scheme does not work. He wasn't turned away from any bookies, despite some of them asking to see his ID. Lucy has been chatting to John Spice, a recovering gambling addict who runs weekly Gamblers Anonymous meetings in Herne Bay.
3: We have heard of this before. We have uh uh, members come in with different stories, and uh, that has been one of them, even though they have self-excluded throughout. I mean, that's always the first advice we give to, to somebody turning up in the state um, and uh, in action, as it were, with uh, gambling, is to put physical barriers in the way, including self-exclusion from both online and betting shops. Um, but I think it's because the betting shops have a t- high turnover of staff sometimes and they choose to ignore it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, that's the way it is, unfortunately. You know, they think of more of profit than of people's health.
0: And how worrying is it? Like you said, it's, it's the first piece of advice you'd give, but if that isn't really working, how much of a concern is that?
3: I've seen, um, people come in to GA, uh, with literally nothing and, uh, in a terrible state with regards to how they're going to overcome this addiction, and um, if if they're not being helped by the uh, gambling companies, it doesn't do us any good whatsoever, um, you, you know, or them, because it just encourages them to feed the addiction uh, day on day. It's uh, it's so difficult. Um, it really is. I'm shocked, really, that they uh, they they're not enforcing this. And
0: this this scheme in particular, I think, was brought brought in a few years ago, um, and the the Gambling Commission have said that it, it it is effective in a way that it, like you said, it, it puts those blocks in place. Mm. Um, but do you think more should be done? Obviously, if this system isn't working, should there be a new system,
4: or do you think more needs to be done to make this system work?
3: Well, I, I think they ought to do the best they can. Um, You you know, uh, we've had uh, other members that uh, uh, are hooked on going to um, service areas on motorways, you know, and they spend a fortune in there. I don't know if you've been in one recently, but uh, they're just like a mini casino now. Um, You know, they've gone to the days where there's a few um, coin machines. Uh, You you know, they've really invested a lot of money into taking money off of people, And he has, in fact, uh, excluded himself from several of these uh, service stations, and that seems to have worked. So that's one good thing, but uh, betting shops are a different matter, I believe.
0: The Gambling Commission says it's now launched an investigation into the findings. Kent Online reports. A man who threatened a bar owner and bouncer with a toy gun in Folkestone has been jailed for 19 months. 50 year old Andrew Maloney from the Derrington Lid aimed the fake pistol at the men and pulled the trigger three times following a row at Gillespie's in January. Anti-terror bollards are going to be installed at 18 locations in Canterbury by the end of October. More than 100 of them are going to block off the lower end of the high street as well as the road near Fenwick and Westgate Towers. The city council is acting on advice from counter-terrorism police following a number of attacks where vehicles have been driven at pedestrians over the past few years. A passenger group has named Southern as having the worst levels of public trust out of any rail company in the country. Transport Focus says in four surveys since 2017, it scored between 17 and 22%. Their latest findings show almost a third of people trust Southeastern. A dog has been rescued after getting wedged between two buildings in Dartford. Firefighters were called to help the Jack Russell Terrier in Devonshire Avenue. Crews managed to make a hole in a garage wall to get her to safety. She's now recovering at her home. And £11 million is going to be spent on doing up a shopping centre in Tunbridge Wells. Renovation work at Royal Victoria Place will get underway in the autumn and will include upgrading the flooring, fitting new seating and pieces of art. It should be finished by next summer. That's it for now, but don't forget, you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day